the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Thanks for listening to the show. Show dedicated to get you to retirement, but not just retirement, but to have a decent retirement, i.e. being a cool grandparent, maybe seeing parts of the world you sacrificed seeing while you were raising kids. That's what a retirement means to me. Let's bring on CFP Certified Financial Planner, New Focus Financial, Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Great, Mr. Black. How are you? Well, well. Um, obviously, we have a seminar coming up. Anytime you come on air, it seems for me to promote that. Um, and the one is coming up very soon. This is the week of it. So it's the first time we've been in uh, Cupertino proper in quite a while, it feels like, which is odd because it is the heart of Silicon Valley. On well, so many ways, retirement income, uh, wealth estate planning seminar this Thursday, 630 to 830 Juniper Hotel. People can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code radio25 to get it for free. So let's talk content. Sure. Um, retirement. You know, obviously there's a couple ways of things can go wrong. Which would you rather have, as a kid in third grade would say to you, which would you rather have, uh, Frankenstein or the boogeyman? But high inflation <laughs> or mediocre returns? Which is worse? Oh, it, it, well, mediocre turns is safer than having high inflation. And it's, it's interesting, but it's really just how math works. So if you sit there and you run a financial plan, and one of the tests on your portfolio that you should run is a test that says, okay, what if I have a couple of decades, like 2007 to 2017, where you have this big drop, and you have balanced portfolios earning about 5.5%. And that seems you know, kind of low for a long-term retirement projections, but that's kind of what it did with bond rates being low. And the average is being affected by the 2008 and 2009 numbers. Um, so if you're running a portfolio and say, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm going to be okay. If I use about 2.6% inflation and 5.5% rate of return, my portfolio will last till age 100. You're in pretty good shape. So what is worse, going down by half a percent on your average rate of return or going up by a half a percent on inflation, and you might think in your mind that that's a wash, but it's actually worse. An equal amount of inflation increase versus return decrease is worse. So inflation being higher is worse than portfolio returns being lower because you're drawing more out on a constant basis. It's a compound number on how much you're drawing out versus how much you're earning. So it sounds a little bit confusing on, on radio without actually showing numbers. But you just have to know inflation is worse than slightly mediocre returns. Could deflation be better? Like, could, is there a scenario in your head where be better? Right. So it's kind of a weird thing because deflation to economists is really like the oh we don't want deflation. They'd rather have inflation than deflation. But 
now I'm getting well. Ready. At least you know what to invest in when you have some inflation, right? I mean, you you can invest in commodities. You can invest in tips. Uh, deflation is a much different animal. Um, you know, what do you what do you invest in when prices are falling? Um, it's it's interesting, Rob, because in retirement you kind of deal with deflation a little bit on one side of your expenses and massive amounts of inflation on the other side. Healthcare costs are increasing by at least six percent a year, but at the same time your travel costs are going to actually deflate over your retirement because you might not travel as much when you're eighty five years old as you did when you were seventy, right? So it's sure. it's it's. You've really got. You can't really run these linear models on these online calculators. They just don't work, and you have to know how to adjust your income as you feel the effects of inflation, or as you go through, you know, say a major market correction. It's interesting that you say that because another thought of deflation. I have a great example. I was once at a restaurant. I had this big fat steak, and it was just it was delicious. It was big uh, prime rib, and an old man sitting there sitting next to me, and he's eating a hamburger. He goes. Uh, when I was young, I could eat meat like that. So he's eating the cheaper hamburger. I'm eating the more expensive. Anyway, that's a bad example, but it's also kind of a good example that as you get older, maybe you won't eat as much or eat out as much. So we're talking about the new Focus Financial Planning Seminar coming up. You're going to say something? Yeah, I think that actually what you pulled up, and you're amazing at these analogies that you come up with, because I can never do that, but it's it's a perfect example of how you adjust your portfolio if you do go through a major market correction, because... Um, you know, having a withdrawal strategy is really key, and that's what we talk about in the event a lot. Is you know how much cash do you have to be able to get through major market corrections. But it's interesting to watch people go through a market correction because they think, oh my gosh, the market's down twenty percent during this market correction, which happens every you know five to seven years. So I have to reduce my expenses by twenty percent. How many households can actually do that? I mean, that's a huge decrease in expenses if you look at it, and. So what you did, you're, you're getting the steak. This guy's getting the hamburger. He made a minor adjustment. That's not a huge adjustment. That's a minor adjustment. And what you can do when you go through and face these market corrections, which you'll face at least once a decade in retirement, making a small adjustment for a long period of time to your and uh, your expenses can have just as much effect as making one drastic reduction, which is very painful and expensive. So what you do is when you see a major market correction, that's why you have a financial plan. You're always keeping your projections active. You can say, okay, as long as I maybe reduce my expenses for by 3% for the next five or six years, I'll be just fine, and likely the market will recover sooner than that, and I'll go back to normal sooner than I expected, versus massive reductions in expenses just because you're reacting to what the market's doing today. So we got a big event coming up in Cupertino on May the third. Uh, so I keep thinking May the fourth. I, I so badly wanted to do the Star Wars Day, but May the third. It's going to be six thirty to eight thirty. Um, Cupertino at the Juniper Hotel. It's a re- income in retirement and uh, estate planning. You know, a lot of theories, a lot of questions answered, a lot of uh, thoughts about the current economy, current stock markets. A lot, a lot out there, but heavily tied towards retirement planning. Any last thoughts that you want to throw out there, Mr. Chad Burton, as we're cruising towards the end of the segment? Um, yeah, I think that you know, once you're in retirement, um, it's it's really important to keep an eye annually on your expenses and your portfolio returns and adjusting everything. You know, a 30, 40 year old, you can give them a five year checklist and they can be okay. But in retirement, you're trying to make adjustments to things like inflation. So um, you have to say, is it okay right now to adjust your income because you're feeling the effects of inflation? 
have you gotten your rate of return that you projected? And are your expenses on track? Is everything else on track? Is it okay to actually increase your draw rate to keep up with inflation? You have to keep an eye on that. How often do people in retirement meet with a financial planner like yourself? Because you just so, said you've so got to keep up with it. At least once a year. When you're initially doing the financial plan, your retirement plan, it's often several meetings in, you know, in the first and second year. Um, after that, it tends to be you know, one annual really hardcore review and quarterly calls to check up on how much safe money and do we need to take off any gains from the market to replenish the safe money. Okay. CFP Chad Burton, can you hear him here live on AM 1220 KDOW from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m.? You can come out and meet him live for the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar in Cupertino, Thursday, 630 to 830, Juniper Hotel, Cupertino, California. You can sign up for the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com, hit events, newfocusfinancial.com, use code RADIO25 if you're a radio listener and haven't been before. We will see you there Thursday at 630. I'll get there a little bit early, so... And update some financial work. Chit chat with you and see you there. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. I've got an event coming up. A couple other people on the station have an event coming up. Estate planning attorney and host of Plan Your Estate Radio, Bob Bergman. He's got a couple seminars coming up that the station wants you to be aware of. The Living Trust Seminar, Inheritance Planning for Your Family. The Retirement Plan Trust Seminar, Passing on Retirement Plans to Your Heirs with Income Tax Deferral and Asset Protection. That's a long one. All seminars have May dates, space is limited. You can find out more about uh, estate planning attorney, Bob Bergman by going to lawbob.com. That's lawbob.com. And you can hear him here Fridays at 2 p.m. So, seminars always in the news. I try to bring you good, solid content to get you to retirement. And there's a lot of stuff in there. There's insurance. There's investing. There's savings. There's budgeting. There's college costs. There's investing. There's bonds. There's tax cuts. Will the T-Mobile Sprint deal get through? I'm not a big fan of the T-Mobile CEO. He's just someone whenever I see him, he doesn't like inspire confidence in me. John Laguerre. But something tells me that without him, Verizon and AT&T would charge me more. Now Sprint, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Actually, the difference in uh, networks is only 1%. Sell out. A couple years ago, you were telling me and I trusted you that Verizon had a better network. Now you're saying it's just 1%. Sell out. But yeah, don't we think the world would be more competitive if Sprint stays separate from T-Mobile, which stays separate from, it's tough to say, right? Maybe we get one, we get three competitors and they're all racing for the last few crumbs so they improve their quality. Or maybe the three of them say, you know what, people can't go anywhere else. You take your third, I'll take my third, you take your third. Wait, wait, I think that was four thirds. Fractions. Fundamental backdrop right now in the U.S. looks pretty solid. So the problem is what's going to happen in the next couple of months as the bond market has been problemed. Bond market, no bueno, no good. 
Where's that money going to go? Then you're going to start getting into seasonal headwinds where, you know, we start thinking of vacations versus business. Beauty is my business. So I'm always thinking business because beauty is my business. Um, Sweet. Got a dollar. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Um, thank you. Thank you. McDonald's sales beat expectations. I've brought up McDonald's a few times uh, recently. And strengthen overseas markets. So a lot of investors will tell you, you must invest internationally. But isn't it investing in Apple and McDonald's investing internationally when they get you know, chunks of their revenue from foreign markets, chunks of their sales? So uh, McDonald's has also offered a high-margin gourmet burger. You know, I keep coming back to McDonald's because it, it's a company that I'm fine with you owning. Where's the beef? Because the, it's not like, I want to say in a nuclear war, don't you think McDonald's still might be open the day after? It's like that awful Titanic movie, Raise the Titanic, and the morning after. The morning after. Any disaster film, it's always the morning after where we're optimistically looking at supply helicopters finally getting there. Where were you six, 12 hours ago when the world was on fire? The world was on fire. Chris Isaac sang just one song. And yet he still has a career. That's something that fascinates me. How many one-hit wonders have made careers, and how much... Does that kill them? Does it kill them to like be known as, like, hey, I, you were 33 and hot and sexy when you had this song 40 years ago. You're you now at a state fair. This way. It was a pretty sexy song, right? Or was it just a sexy video? I think it was all shot in blue in a desert. And there was a lot of moisture and not a lot of clothing. So, Jeff Bezos, who is fascinatingly rich and who didn't really get rich until after 30 says his advice to Amazon interns and executives stop aiming for work-life balance wow he thinks it's debilitating he is a James Bond villain he's building a Death Star behind the moon he's revealed that one of the top pieces of advice he has is that life work balance shouldn't be a trade off, but rather a circle. Okay, now Sharks we're starting to get into laser beams attached to their heads. Circle of life moments. And the lion in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the circle of life, the lion sleeps tonight. It's actually a circle. It's not balance. So it says Bezos, life work balance. He said it has to be reciprocal and it doesn't compartmentalize the two. He just took his family on a vacation to an ice hotel. It's kind of cool. I don't know. I believe in life experiences with family, right? And this is Sir Elton John. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Oh, I got plenty of time to talk. I thought they were playing me out. I don't know what I'm going to say after I've said, I haven't, I've said it all, as Mr. Howard Stern would say. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So Jeff Bezos, he's pretty fascinating to me because he is one of those people who, 
we, we tend to like a, go, hey, Jeff Bezos, tell me about, you know, how smart you are. What was the one thing that you did that made, you know, everything look so different? Well, like he came up with selling books online. He was a Wall Street broker. And he's like, well, I, I got to go do this selling books online thing. And then he figured it out. And I think Amazon Prime is where the pendulum swung of he knows how to pe- get people to stick. Amazon Prime raised prices. People stuck. What's going to happen when Netflix raises prices? People are going to stick around until a certain teeter-totter, right? When does it become more valuable to get off your own couch and go get your own food versus having someone bring it to you? There is a, there is a pain threshold. Is it $1 million? Is it $20? Same thing with houses. When do housing prices go down? It's when do people stop paying for that area. At some point in time, it's not a $2 million house. It's $10,000, you know, $200,000 houses elsewhere. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. i got a seminar coming up. You can learn more at robblackshow.com. And I'm going to be in Cupertino sooner rather than later. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Apple plans to repatriate a lot of cash. I own shares of Apple, and I think that there's a big question mark on the future of Apple right now. What type of company are they going to be? Not whether they're going to be in business or not, but what type of company are they going to be? And analysts have started cutting their expectations for Apple. And that feels kind of weird because not that long ago, we were talking about a super cycle. And then previous to that, we were talking about some negatives. And then previous to that, we are talking about something great. Augmented reality. I think we've all learned that Tim Cook throws out a lot of things. And remember how I'm really excited about the future of augmented reality. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that one. Having funny little things in front of your desk or in front of your TV. Yeah, long term, we're definitely moving some sort of direction like that, especially like if you're uh, a telephone repair guy and you're up on the tower and you're you know, having some sort of augmented reality in your Sunglasses makes a lot of sense to show you where to, you know, unplug the wire so that it doesn't blow up. I know you're saying, are you confusing bomb? No, 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 no. Explosive guy. So it's the last and enriches people in some way. It's the last day of April, and people want to know. Tim Cook, augmented reality. Is it crap? Is it not crap? So Apple has a lot of money. And that's one of the things that Tim Cook has got out of his way to say, we got a lot of money. So Tuesday, they're going to announce the results. It's one of the most closely watched events of the year because we're looking at Apple's essentially holiday sales, right? December, January, February, little post-holiday bump. How much of a lag is there? Every announcement Apple makes seems to be a big one. Because they're not going to be revealing a new iPhone. But he is going to talk about what they're going to do with that $285 billion of money being held overseas. Ever since Donald Trump, President Donald Trump revealed that he would reduce the tax hit on money repatriated to America from 35% down to 15.5%. Companies like Apple, we've been wondering how much are they going to 
repatriate. CFO of Apple, Luca Mastri. Luca Mastri. He has a, a big decision to make. Do you save that cash in new mergers and acquisitions? Do you use that cash and uh, buy back shares? Do you use that cash and give it back to shareholders as a dividend? Maybe you want to give a big donation to PETA. I don't know. And for the record, that is not a political statement about PETA. So investors have been waiting pretty patiently since December when we learned about this big tax cut and repatriation. So a lot of details are obviously not determined yet. Apple is expected to pay about $38 billion in taxes when they bring that money back. So we can start figuring that out. But then what else? And, you know, if they want to be aggressive, they could double their dividend over a very short period of time. And that would help deliver a potentially high single-digit total return. You know, $122 billion in debt Apple has. Apple has said it wants to get its net cash position back to zero, which means it's going to spend its money except for what it needs to pay off its debt. So $122 billion is going to go down in that stream at some point in time. Maybe not all at once, right? But the clear winner, in my opinion, is shareholders right now. Apple stock has been a bit of a laggard this year. I own shares of Apple. It's up only 23% over the last three years, two percentage points lower than the S&P 500. There's increasing concern that the iPhone demand is starting to slow and that the iPhone 10 is expected to sell 14 million units in the current quarter, down from an estimated 29 million the quarter before. So that post-Christmas bump or slump we're going to be looking at. I think most analysts I see have a price target somewhere between 170 is pretty much the norm. And since it's trading at 163, I think it's a pretty good value um, based on its PE and based on its cash flow, based on its likely dividend increase, likely share buyback. So many balls in the air right now. Um, I don't think Apple's dead, but do I? How was it asked of me? Oh, someone asked me, has Apple lost their mojo? I said, I think that's a fair question. If you mean mojo by momentum and growth, that's a good question. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're talking about a company that dominates what they do and make billions of dollars doing it, they, that's not really a mojo. That's kind of like a domination show, a dojo. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Have you ever heard about a company called WeWork? I heard a joke about WeWork. And this makes me uncomfortable even going down this road. Is that we're now living in a time where, you know, we're almost poking fun at unicorns. Speaking of unicorns, let's see if we can't bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Talk a little mortgages and real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Speaking about the 85-year-old guy. There was an 85-year-old editor, Forbes, and uh, we're talking about, you know, uh, Sumner Redstone as a CEO, and out of nowhere, I'm like, well, Sumner Redstone's a good CEO, he seems to make a lot of money when he goes, and it's up to the 85-year-old guy, and he goes, Sumner Redstone knows fashion models more than business models. And I was like, you're on live TV, and you're like... It was the show called Cash and In. I'm like, that's a pretty good line. Like, you know, all you could, you're, you're frozen because he's screaming. But anyway, I'm totally uh, digressing. 
Sacramento, the real estate market is now one of the hottest in the country. More than 1,700 homes have sold in the month of May, which is the highest number recorded since 2012. The median home price is a whopping $342,500. That's up 4% essentially from April. Now, again, what stinks about that is like we're so used to saying like, I made a million dollars in San Francisco real estate, but you also you put up that kind of risk. You got that kind of reward. And when it goes the other way, you go bankrupt. But there's not a lot of risk when you're putting up $342,000. You know, maybe you don't go on vacation that year to meet your mortgage payments kind of thing. But you go bankrupt in the Bay Area if, if you don't make your mortgage payment per se. Multiple offers make it a seller's market, and that means some first-time home buyers are finding themselves priced out of certain properties. Right now, California's real estate is hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Buster Poindexter. Oh, boy. He's talking about swing and the king of, the king of things. So um, there's 122 homes under construction. Um, you know, minimum going on at what's called the creamery. The short supply of housing makes economic conditions different now. And keep in mind, Sacramento is on a basically a flood zone at some point in time. Uh, it's going to get ugly. So, uh, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Do people ever come to you and go, I hear Sacramento's hot. Yeah. I, I should invest there. And can you do a mortgage in Sacramento? And you're like, I've never been to Mars, but I could do Sacramento. <laughs> Uh, they do. Um, this is uh, this is not a new story for us in the real estate market. Okay, um, but I think it's good to see that uh, it is hitting this kind of level of of, um, of news because Sacramento is a booming town right now. Uh, that's all we can say about. It. And I know we've talked in the years about how there's so much land they can keep building, keep building, keep building. But the numbers do play out. Even at the current numbers, three hundred forty-two thousand. I quickly ran the math. You only need to make fifty-seven thousand dollars as a qualifying income to get into that house on a dual income. That's pretty darn easy to do with twenty percent down. Um, and when you contrast that to the Bay Area, uh, it's quite attractive. Uh, with more and more companies allowing their employees to work from home maybe work from home four days a week and travel one day a week, it starts becoming a little bit more reasonable. And but doesn't it, Sacramento have some sort of like slavery thing going on or something? I'm, I'm no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm okay, trying to say, just, what I'm say, trying to no. say is I, I, I don't want to live in Sacramento. Um, I'd rather be a pimento. Like there's nothing attractive about Sacramento. Like when you drive through it, you're like, Oh, well, there, there was a, that's the cheesecake factory. A lot Ooh. of investors over the last several years, you, you, one of the stats, part of that article show that it wasn't 2012 home prices were median home price was 160,000. Okay. So it's more than doubled. Okay. Investors were seeing this as, and rents were rising along with Bay area rents. So they saw the opportunities there to Best thing about Sacramento is the government prices. Government jobs are fantastic. I own a property in a state capital. And one of the reasons why I feel pretty darn good about it is there'll always be state capital uh, and government employees. Yes. And families coming through and businesses that are related to that, you know, the state capital and the, the necessity to be next to the government and the, the lawmaking. And it's going to continue. And it's, you know, Sacramento is nice. Uh, places going a little west are doing better. El Dorado Hills, Auburn, um, Roseville. A little, I can't remember the name. Roseville. I once stopped in Roseville. I had a good friend with me. It was 114 degrees. I think we had to pee. It was like a comeback from Tahoe kind of trip. Urine break. And he gets out of the car and he turns into a puddle. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's talk money. McDonald's sales beat expectations. This is a little bit troubling. One of the things I pay attention to, and I pay attention to a lot, obviously gas prices are going to sap consumer spending as they rise. So you'll have a little bit less to hit McDonald's or Burger King as gas prices go higher. But again, we're also becoming a nation that's relying less on gas and cars to get us around, or our own cars. So we're going to have to pay a little more attention to that as things change. Fast food price wars, though, have heated up. And this is like, I know you're saying, did he say Star Wars? No, I said price wars, fast food. Yeah, so McDonald's versus Burger King is a, a thing. Yes. And it's actually kind of really important to understand our economy that the cheaper the fast food deal or the bigger the deal is made on TV when you're watching your your Golden State Warriors or your your San Jose Sharks or your San Francisco Gigantes is when you're seeing that you can get 20 nuggets for $5 and someone goes, oh, no, no, you can get 21 nuggets for $4.99. What have you? Anytime you see 20% off at Banana Republic, it's okay. Anytime you see 50% off, they're having problems selling clothes. Same thing with the dollar menu. So-called value offers, they've been part of the fast food landscape since 2002 when McDonald's introduced the dollar menu. I know. I remember when I was... Go back to the year 2002. And that's when the dollar menu kind of came out as a reliable way for driving traffic. So instead of saying, you know, if you want a luxury, you know, five burger patties with five pieces of cheese with five gallons of mayonnaise and five gallons of secret sauce. Now you suddenly are being driven by value because you're on the lower end of the consumer model and or you're being pinched by something like higher gas prices or maybe lower wages or higher rental uh, cost of renting. So in the last couple of years, it's been pretty good. And McDonald's and everyone else has been trying to de-emphasize you know, value meals because that's where the, it kills their profits. But they're trying to get you in to you know, buy a Coke, which is very profitable. When McDonald's debuted its popular dollar menu, um, menu, who knew that it would become a staple for people choosing food going forward? Get in my belly! Now, in the last couple of years, McDonald's has been focusing on improving food quality because companies like Chick-fil-A and Chipotle Mexican Grill, people would say, you know, why would I get a McDonald's when their food is a little starchy and bland versus Chipotle or Chick-fil-A? I'm sorry, but I don't get the Chick-fil-A love affair. It's just a chicken sandwich. Dollar deals have roared back, though, in the first three months of this year, telling me, "Uh uh-oh, things aren't great out there. When economists estimate that consumer spending growth, you know, breaks below 1.5%, so consumer spending's not growing that great, and it's slowing down, that's when the dollar deals start cropping up. And that's telling you, you know, we're in, something's happening in our economy. So right now, the major operator chains, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, 
They're doing everything they can to drive traffic in. Taco Bell, known for its low-priced dollar cravings value meal. They sell cravings at Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. They said they sold over 53 million orders of its new $1 nacho fries in five weeks. McDonald's, trying to lure people back, is coming out with the dollar menu, $2 menu, $3 menu. And, you know, like $1 for a cheeseburger, $2 for a bacon McDouble hamburger. Like, it's, it's ridiculous how we're tearing this. But it is, it is interesting to note that this is telling us that the economy is not rocking and rolling. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Richard Branson's talking Hyperloop, and that's never never a bad thing. Uh, Richard Branson wants ridiculously exciting Hyperloop up running within three years. Now, the question is between what city and what city. And then you get into a situation where you're going like, what are we going to do when someone dies in a Hyperloop? Like, we panic when one customer gets thrown off of a plane. We can't handle it. We, we, we freak out when a plane goes down, right? And yet it's one of the safest forms of, of travel. So Branson is one of those billionaires who's kind of fun, who I did get an interview many, many years ago. Um, but he's coming out with a Virgin Hyperloop 1 conversation. So he's talking about Three years away, four years away, he wants it. Not 10, 20, 30. That's a little bit kind of creepy. And again, that brings up some really... The show Westworld brings up questions on, you know, how do we treat technology? And should technology have feelings? And, you know, how does... What happens? How does technology treat us? Uh, Do we get terminated, so to speak? Or does... Is there a mutual respect? as we're starting to build more artificial intelligence and potential consciousness, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.